This is Big Girl Pants Podcast, episode 59. Hi! Welcome to Big Girl Pants Podcast, where we're here to talk about women, health, power, and wealth. Hosted by April Melton and Kimberly Shapiro. We are real women with real jobs doing real life. We as women know what it feels like to try to be super mom, super fit, wrinkle-free, all the while climbing the corporate ladder. Sound Sound familiar? Then this show is for you. So stay tuned. This episode is sponsored by Vicki McClurg, realtor with Cobalt Banker Apex Realtor. Vicki has been serving DFW as a realtor for over 15 years, specializing in first-time buyers all the way to luxury sales. If you're looking for a realtor that truly cares and will partner with you through the entire process of either buying or selling a home, Vicki really should be your first call. Specializing in all of DFW, give her a call, 214 957 Seven six two two. Vicky McClure with Cole Baker Apex Realtor. Hi. Hi. Um. Today. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, Oh my gosh. And I haven't seen you in like seven years. It feels like forever. <laughs> so we have a guest. Yes. Sarah. Um. I'm gonna include you in this conversation. Oh, for okay. sure. Yeah. Um. Sarah Bedner. She is a doula in the Dallas area. Yes. And we cannot wait for you to tell your story. Yes. And to kind of dive into that. Um. But before we go there, we haven't recorded a podcast. In a month, in a or month. more than a month. in a month. We had so many stacked up, and then we had vacations, and you know how August rolls. So yeah, it just yeah. kind of pushed us all the way into September without the need for one. Which is insane. We got smart, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? We have strategy? We and got planning? smart. Um, so I actually heard about Sarah okay. through Jody Fagan, okay. which is the corporate recruiter for the InSource group. Um, her and I recorded a podcast and she also referred Sarah, me to Sarah, Sarah to me. Um, and it was all around natural childbirth and that you are a doula, yeah. which for those people who are listening, um, a doula is kind of like the mom's support during childbirth, before childbirth, post-childbirth. Um, and yeah, I mean, do you feel like that's a good summation? Yes. Okay. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. So you are not, as a doula, you are not medically trained to deliver babies, Correct. right? Mm -hmm. You are there a hundred percent for the mom and the dad, right? Yes. Yeah. And the support partner. Yes. Right. So you're, you're there to support the mom during childbirth, support, support the mom during labor, you know, pre, uh, pregnancy care, going to midwife appointments or OB appointments. Um, you're there for like, you know, helping the mom through labor, putting, you know, cold compresses on her head, letting her know that she can do it. If, if the mom decides to do, um, a birthing program like hypno babies, you're there to remind her of all the things that she's doing. Um, well, first of all, you're getting probably a little ahead of, of everything because no, most people don't know what a hypno baby is. Right. Well, so, let's, so yeah. <laughs> actually, I want you to say what yeah. you do and, and you okay. tell your story and then we'll, little miss who knows all this. She does. <laughs> all the she things. She knows a lot about it. Then y'all can talk about it, but I want to hear what you do from yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. And how long you've been doing it too. Okay. So, uh, I'm Sarah Bednar and I'm the founder of the Modern Day Tribe and oh. that's my company and I actually focus on postpartum. Cool. Postpartum uh, doula work and uh, I didn't know that was a thing, man. Yes, yeah, so there's it's a thing that there's we actually really need to two, talk about too. So there are doulas that work 
that are not certified. Um, There are two different types of certification. Mm -hmm. There is a birth doula certification and a whole nother world of postpartum doula certification. Nice. And that's where I lie is the postpartum and um, working with the moms especially, but also working with the um, support partner, whoever's in the home. And sometimes it's a sister that lives in the home. It, It could be anybody. So husband, wife, anyway. So, husband, um, wife, 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 husband, husband, whatever, whatever the, <laughs> yeah, whatever the relationship yeah. whatever is, the, dynamic is, the yeah. support system is there right? and to kind of go a little bit back and forth, but my company name is modern. You know, it's, there's a lot of things that I believe that should be very, um, natural and, but I also believe in modern medicine. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> we kind of combine those two. Yeah. And uh, also the tribe part is, you know, when we used to, a long time ago, there's a lot of cultures still, though, not so much in America, they uh, they just do surround women mm-hmm. after having yeah. a child. Yeah. And that's what I want to focus on, yeah, is that tribe that <laughs> feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I always say is a good doula, uh, which, again, like we were talking about before, we're not medically trained. There are uh, medically trained physicians and uh, nurses that are doulas, but a doula in itself, they are not medically trained. Yeah. So it's a cool concept because I do think that that post um, baby situation, post what is it oh called? Post, uh, postpartum. Postpartum, I think, um, is such a period of isolation. Yes. You know, everybody comes to see the baby in the hospital, and then they come even the first week, and then everybody goes yes. home, and they deliver all the meals in that first week, and you have all that mm-hmm. help. And then there's no one's here. <laughs> well, especially for first time moms, right? Because like yeah. we literally have no idea what we're doing. Right. Yes. And then, you know, if you live somewhere where you don't have family or you're yep. in that type of situation and you're alone and you're going through all these hormonal changes post birth, mm-hmm. like it's it's traumatic. So yeah. I actually had a lot I have a lot of family here. I grew up for the most part here. And I still had a lot of times where I thought, where is everybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am all by myself in yeah. this and I'm terrified and I'm bawling my eyes out one day, yes. you know, one moment. And then I'm looking at my baby and thinking this is the best thing in the world. Right. Yeah. So, and I know that there's a lot of moms out there like that. Yep. So that's really kind of where it started about almost 15 years ago for me because I, that's when, that's my oldest child is 14 mm. And, um, so there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, I want to go back to the original, you know, what is a doula? And, uh, when we talk about doula, again, there's a birth doula and there's a postpartum doula. Mm -hmm. And when I tell people that I'm a postpartum doula, guess what would the first thing that they would say? Like, what's that? Yeah, well, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> that word postpartum it's, is it's, it's so has a negative connotation. Yeah. Yes. It's so associated with depression, depression, and sadness. anxiety, yeah. sadness, postpartum. And so I've actually transitioned and started calling it post-pregnancy. Oh, that's good. Because yeah. it's it's a little bit more uh, common and a little bit less around that postpartum word. Yeah, less of a stigma. It's a, yeah, if you know, if we look, dissect that word, we'll 
very clearly see it's right. just after having a baby. Right. right. But it's so associated with depression. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. Postpartum does not have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And that's where like a doula support system, whether it's a doula or um, a very well-informed family or friend yeah. that could support a mom, mm-hmm. especially when they're the ones that have had the baby, to um, smooth that out. That, that how, transition. How receptive are new moms or dads or people in this situation to reaching out to somebody and even recognizing the fact that they need a post-pregnancy doula? Mm-hmm. I think for most people, they don't even know until they're there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do yeah. they even yeah. know that they need you before it's too late? Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know, and I wish I did. And that's kind of where I want to start giving back. It's almost like a revolution. It's mm -hmm. like this revolutionary concept that's new to the marketplace, if you will, because Mm -hmm. I don't think this is something people even know about or think about. Well, I think it's like, I think it's, and I also, I agree with you, but I also think it's like full circle, right? Because like you said about the tribe, like Mm -hmm. back, you know, back when women had babies, all of the women in their tribe would surround them and make sure that they were taken care of and that they could take a bath and whatever. But now that we're in modern times, everybody's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you had a baby? Suck it up and take care of it. Like, also, (laughs) don't be sad and don't complain about your postpartum depression on Facebook because I don't want to hear about it. Like, then that's what it's like, which is so hard. I think people are so... um, secretive with their emotions like mm-hmm. they don't want to put them out there for other people yeah they don't feel comfortable they, they, yeah they think they're alone and so they don't yeah. want to say mm-hmm. i'm struggling because right. then they feel weak and yeah. odd so i think that's where there's some awareness or exposed yeah and a lot of uh moms that are working outside the home too mm-hmm. that are in high stress situations at work where if we admit that we can't can't even handle a child, right. then how are we going to be able to go back to work, go back to right. work and, and be taken seriously? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's a lot of the stigma is, is the, um, the ability to be, be a mom mm-hmm. and handle that at the same time, handling what our passions are right. and our dreams are. So that's kind of where I like to go into and evaluate what their goals are yeah. and what their focus is. And, um, whether it's, you know, the breastfeeding or the, bo- you know, formula feeding, or is it the, um, the, the, the wanting to run a half marathon. I've actually had a mom, she had, was not ended up being my client, but she wanted to run a half marathon in a certain amount of time after having her baby. And some people were like, Ooh. you are crazy, <laughs> but we have to really look at yeah. her situation. Yeah. Has she been running? Has she been exercising? Right. Yes. Has she run five half marathons right. before? Right. right. Yeah. And so it she is something a, she could probably do if yeah. she's got a history. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. And did she have a C-section? Did she have a vaginal delivery? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, you really have to evaluate their situation before you start judge, before we start judging yeah. or thinking that, that's not possible. Right. Sure. And that's where I am. And that's that modern day mm-hmm. part of it that I really want to make sure people know that if I would come to work with them as their doula, it's open. It's, mm. you know, it's open to their goals and their focus. Right. So, and I think that's important and being a good listener. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you, sorry, do you no, have a question? Okay. I did, but go ahead. No, I, I can remember it. Okay. Um, do you partner with like midwives around the Metroplex to, so that they know that they, like they can refer you or refer their moms to you? Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm, 
collecting, I'm always connecting with uh, all the way from midwives to OBGYNs oh, awesome. to uh, wellness doctors, okay. MDs, yeah. to photographers. Yeah. To um, what about mom's like groups. Chiropractors. Chiropractors. Yeah. Any, anybody. And I have a long list. A good doula will have a good reference list. Sure, yeah. sure. And that's really important because obviously we do not diagnose. Yeah. As a doula, we do not diagnose and we do not um, uh, treat. Right. Also. Yeah. We can assist in recovery and that sort of things, physical and emotional support. Mm-hmm. But that treatment really that medical especially yeah. treatment needs to be looked at by a doctor so yeah. one of the um, acronyms I go by is near and it's it stands for um, nurture educate assess and refer and that's really a good nice. scope of what a doula does yeah okay and that um, I'm gonna go back a little bit about sure. me yeah too is uh, I used to be an educator I taught elementary school and uh, quickly kind of moved up in the ranks as far as, like, I was a team leader my fourth year in teaching. And then I was asked to be a literacy specialist. And so with literacy specialty, at least in Plano, you um, test and teach the dyslexia students. And um, also you get to go in the classroom and not only teach the students, but you're uh, part of the professional development with the teachers. Oh, nice. And that's when I realized... I love teaching mm-hmm. adults too. Yeah. And oh, so that's a, cool. There you are a lot like of you things. have like a wonderful disposition. Like you would be so patient with oh, children Thank you. where I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have any patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where that, that passion came, came because there's a lot of things that have happened. I, I now have a master's in teaching and, uh, and after staying at home for several years, I thought, I really want to do something now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I have a 14, 11, and a three-year-old. Aww. And so that big gap yeah. is where I started feeling like, okay, it's yeah. time for me to do something. Right. Yeah. I'm me. I'm Sarah. I'm, I, I am an individual. I'm not just a mom yes. or a wife. Yes. But there's other things for me, too. Yes. So I started looking into that. And um, then I got pregnant with my third. And I was like, okay. Not yet, <laughs> but I'll, I'll keep it in mind and keep doing my research. And so that's kind of where it all started. And um, I love that idea of a life coach. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, there's a lot of uh, potential for people when they have a coach. Like when we go to play a sport, yeah. we get a coach, yeah. Yeah. right? Right. And, and we're looking to advance our career, we get a coach. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah, business coaches. Yeah. And um, uh, so I, I really... I like the idea of a parent coach. And so that's where I kind of narrowed down my focus. And I like the idea of having, I love the babies and the kids too. So it was just a good combination of, um, so a parent coach and a doula, it's just, it's just a dream of mine. So that's that's really where the, a lot of this came from, and to be able Man, to work a with parent moms. coach. Could I know, you imagine so having cool. a parent coach? Like, how vital would that have been? I know, right? I, well, I was a child myself. I so know it would have been incredible. Yes, <laughs> incredible. So I have a question. So conceptually, I totally get what you do. It's really really cool, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I'd love for the listeners to hear a little bit, like a day in the life. So okay. you show up day one. Yes. What does that look like? Okay. So a lot of 
of times I'll come and uh, it's a lot of get to know because you don't want to. Yeah, I was going to say, because first you have to consult, mm-hmm. right? With them. Yeah. But like, does that come, that comes before, before baby. the baby's born? You never know. Oh, okay. okay. So there are different clients. Sometimes you'll get to meet them while they're still pregnant. Okay. Some of them, they were are referred after they've had the baby and someone was like, Dude, you, you need, need some yeah. support, yes, like some professional support. Okay. And so, you know, it, it could look different. Yeah. Um, the first visit of actually working as their doula could be the first time we meet, mm-hmm. or it could be before, you know, while they're pregnant sure. and before they have their babies. So, um, so first, so is it's the a really get to know. Okay. Yeah, it's a consultation. It's a get to know. Are you comfortable with each other? I call that a discovery visit. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. A discovery visit. Um, who lives in the home, and who's there for support? Because part of what I would do is look at who's in the home and how they look at their strengths and look at how they can all the way from the support partner to maybe a sister that's, that's now an aunt in the home, or maybe even it's a grandparent. That's, that happens a lot too. So, uh, it, it's assessing the situation. It's that assessing the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to jump to when I'm finished working with them as a doula. Mm -hmm. Sure. I want them to be sustainable. Right. I don't want them to be a, have to depend on me forever. Yeah. That's not the point of a doula. Not, it's not like a, um, uh, a long-term help or fix. You're like a, an optimizer. Yeah. Like you come in and teach them how to like optimize their situation regardless of who's in the home. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And even look at the home itself. How do they have their their own bedroom set up for sleep, whether they want to uh, bed share, yeah. whether they want to just room share. Do you yeah. have recommendations for families around that? Uh, you know, and or it, is it just really like whatever they want to do? Well, it's what they want to do, of course. I would never want to fo- um, force them to do something that right. they're not comfortable with. Yeah. I myself did not bed share. Now when now that they're older, like my three-year-old, sometimes she'll crawl in bed. That's fine. Yeah. But uh, when they were infant, that just didn't work for us because um, something that I would give them, for example, are there seven safe sleep surfaces mm. or seven things to look at to make sure that that sleep surface is safe for you and the baby. Yeah. Especially the baby, of course. Yeah. And then there are, um, uh, to in order to bed share themselves, what's the disposition of the mom and dad? Uh, do, you know, do people smoke in the home? Yeah. Do, um, are they on any prescription medications? Mm-hmm. Do they heavily drink alcohol? There's a lot. All yeah. Of those things go into it. Yeah. All of those things together For in sure. order to make, so I'm not one to say this is the best way to do it. Right. I'm one to say, these are your options. Yeah. And I want you to be able to make an informed decision. Right. right? And that's important to be informed and to be, uh, uh, know know what their choices are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I come in, and then also along with the resources too. Okay. Of other professionals that could help them. Yeah. How absolutely. long is an average? I mean, I know it's all over the board, but what's an average time frame that a family would would need you to be with them? So a good um, a good time frame would be twelve weeks. And then do within... you typically come in once a week. It really depends on what they need, their, their need, uh-huh. whether it's their first child. Yeah. Sometimes they need or don't maybe don't realize it, but they would most benefit from those first literally um, 
two, three weeks. Yeah. Okay. From someone and coming in, like, mm-hmm. so the mom can take a shower or take a nap. Absolutely. Or do their dishes or so whatever. So you come in and actually become that backup. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can do all the way, um, you know, yeah. do, uh, you know, minimal housework, but I, I'm not, you know, the main. Right. And yeah, I'm right, not the, right. no. I don't do that. I'm, what I'm doing is relieving the other stresses that really just kind of need to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm really focusing on the mom's care, her self-care. Okay. Yeah. Because that's what's going to, it's going to turn into. Yeah. Where she's sure. at mentally, is she sleeping yes. enough? Is she getting enough, like, vital nutrition? Mm-hmm. Um, is, you know, is the breastfeeding going okay? Is the mother-baby bond going okay? Yes. Yeah. All yeah. of that stuff that is so important, especially when you're a first-time mom, because it's like, you don't even like, and if your mom didn't breastfeed and you decide to breastfeed, mm-hmm. you don't have any support and you've, or like well, vice versa. Yeah. If you yeah. don't want to. And right. every, I mean, there is a real stigma right now yeah. around moms that choose not to breastfeed. Yes. Yeah. So that can be a very emotional And just choice. having someone like in, that's like in your corner, like yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of so a secret important. thing. I'm learning this, you know, with watching my daughter yeah. and just, you know, friends that have had babies and that kind of thing that it is a secret um, choice when they choose not to breastfeed or when they stop breastfeeding, mm-hmm. they don't want to tell anyone because yeah. it, there's a real yeah. uh, stigma around that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, so what a doula can do is, uh, if they're trained in how I, I guess I've been trained, I'm not a lactation consultant, No, mm-hmm. but, um, again, there are some lactation consultants that are, you know, to RNs that have a doula certification. Yeah. yeah. There, that could be, that could come into play, but, uh, I myself, I'm not a lactation consultant, and I'm very upfront about that. Sure. But I can help with basic breastfeeding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, latch and yeah. uh, positioning of mom and baby. Yes. And For, like, again, optimization of, like, yeah, yeah creating yeah. that bond and also, like, just relaxing. Because that's, I mean, that was what I would think of too is like in initially especially because in my situation my whole um my husband's whole family was there and like his mom never breastfed and I didn't have anybody in my corner so it was like you know what am I am I doing it right am I not doing it right like and it's like super stressful so like if you if I would have had someone like you you would have been like okay let's eliminate all of this crap (laughs) that you don't need right now because you literally just pushed a bowling ball through your body yeah like and like having someone that is there for you, like in more ways than one, in more capacities than just one. Yeah. And when you, if you were to get a doula, you could talk to her, usually to her. Um, that's your goal is to not have visitors say. And that doula can really be an advocate for you as far as yeah. putting it gently as, yeah. you know, if you do have a visitor, you know, um, ask them to bring something over for you or ask, and don't be scared to do that right. because yeah. this is only for a short time. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, pitch in yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't show up empty handed. You can come, but hey, when you're here, will you wash the bottles? Thanks. Well, yeah. <laughs> like don't show up empty handed smelling like perfume and cigarettes to come hold my brand new baby. Yeah. yeah. Like, just think. Things like that, you know? And so you just said something. So a lot of things that uh, would normally be like, oh, just wash some dishes or wash the bottles. I remember thinking, no one's going to wash the bottles for me because they won't clean Do it right enough. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And then that that yes. that emotional state will take over that anxiety. from the mom. Yeah. yeah. And the mom will be like, 
no, I don't want anybody to wash the bottles. I have to, so I know that they're clean. You know, yeah. so but I will uh, you let know. somebody hold the baby while I wash the bottles. Yeah. Like. So right. either way, you yeah. know, having people over if they're going to come over, yeah. you know, pitch in and um, and and finding the strengths of everybody that is visiting, mm-hmm. you know, and talking to the parents. They know their family and friends the best, right? And talking to them about who's good at this and who's good at that, yeah. and um, just knowing that someone's there to. Uh, knowing that someone's there to help you as your advocate going through that. Yeah. yeah your advocate, advocate in every mm-hmm. like way. So, um, do you have any other questions? I want to hear some stories. Okay. So I, I want to hear some actual like real life. I'm going to stories that you've experienced. Yeah. So, so I had, um, I had two different childbirth. So I have two stories, right. Of like two kids, two different kids. And the first one, I actually, I placed the baby for adoption and I wanted to do a natural childbirth. And then I had a doula that volunteered that she was trying to get hours as her doula hours. So that was awesome. And I was like 21 and I was going to Anana, the birth center in mm-hmm. Denton. Mm-hmm. And um, Abby Spryer was my uh, doula. And then she became a midwife and then she moved and then came back. <laughs> but um, I had her like pretty much the whole time I was pregnant. And then like, I, but I didn't have one afterwards. Right. Oh, okay. So which... I think now would have been amazing, right? But um, while we were there, like, again, she was, like, my advocate. She was, like, my person in the back corner. Um, The dad was actually there. He was on board with the decision and all of that stuff. But uh, my baby got stuck. So she was like, it's it's okay. Like, a birth is a birth. Like, everything is going to be okay, even though this is what you envisioned. This is not what's going to happen. So... Um, while we're in the birthing center, the baby gets stuck. They call the ambulance. I'm, um, I've taken an ambulance to Denton Presby. And then like, while we're there, they let me labor for like four to five more hours without doing the C-section or anything. And then eventually they were like, okay, we're going to have to do one. And the whole time she's like there, like there, like right next to me. And it's amazing. Right. But then, so, and then, you know, that happened. I ended up having a C-section the baby came out. But then when I had Chloe, who is now five, I was married. Um, and I had a midwife in North Dakota and she was not certified. She was just a lay midwife. And mm-hmm. I was doing an HBAC, which is like insane. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is that? <laughs> a home birth after cesarean. So like you have the option to do a VBAC, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean. But I went one step further and didn't even do it in a hospital. I was at home. Oh. And I had a birthing pool and all that stuff, but I did not have a doula. And that's the one thing that I regret because, and honestly, I wouldn't even have had a doula in the, like while I was pregnant, I would have had a postpartum doula because, Mm -hmm. you know, I go through my whole pregnancy. I have an OB backup just in case anything is to happen because I've been there before. Um, And then my, you know, my midwife comes. We did an herbal induction because my husband was in oil and gas and like this was his time home. So I was like, oh, my God, I need to have this yeah, baby. Yeah, and we go through it, um, which basically like an herbal induction just means that they like clean literally everything out of you herbally. So it's awful. But those type of um, contractions stimulate uterine contractions. So it put me in labor. Mm-hmm. So uh, I my water broke at two o'clock. I had the baby by six o'clock. I had a birthing pool. I had all that stuff. An awesome midwife. She was amazing. And my ex-husband was pretty amazing too. He was like feeding me watermelon. And that's like one of the benefits of having like a home birth or a birth in a birthing center is that you can eat, you are mobile. 
Um, you're not attached to any monitoring devices or you don't have an IV, which is cool because I was eating like watermelon the whole time, grapes, um, lots of water, lots of electrolytes, stuff like that. And then uh, I get out of the birthing pool. I go to my bedroom. Well, we had, like, protected the bed. But uh, I ended up giving birth to Chloe on all fours, and she came out. And uh, then I, like, laid down, and she put her on my belly or whatever. And then um, my, you know, we pushed out the placenta, which I felt everything, everything. And then, um, you know, that was it. And I did do placenta encapsulation, which means um, I dehydrated my placenta and then I took the pills. Yep. <laughs> and it was the most amazing life-saving thing for balancing your hormones. Like I was literally going nuts and I was like, okay, I need my pills. I need my crazy lady pills. Um, and that was amazing. Like I can't recommend that enough. I don't even know how I found the person who does it up in North Dakota, but I found one. Um, and then, but... The pressure that I felt and the really terrible part about childbirth for me was the fact that I lived in North Dakota with my husband who was gone all the time. So I was alone, virtually alone. Um, His brother was there living with us, but he like smoked cigarettes and he was not living in the house, in the house, in the apartment. He was not a, oh yeah. And while I was in labor and doing all this stuff, my in-laws were there. My father-in-law was there while I'm naked in labor. Yeah. I had a sports bra on, but that was it. Um, my mother-in-law was there, my brother-in-law was there and it was like the, in a two bedroom apartment in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that does not, not sound, sound relaxing no. or therapeutic or anything. Hook me up to all of them. Yeah, it take was care insane. Yeah. yeah. And that was the thing was like, after Chloe came out, after I pushed out the placenta, you know, the midwife was like, let's go take a shower. Like you need to, you know, rinse off whatever. Mm-hmm. We weighed the baby. The baby's great. Um, and I remember standing in the shower after just giving birth and like no drugs, nothing. I'm in so much pain. I'm exhausted. I'm completely dehydrated because I yeah. cleaned up my entire body beforehand. Oh, yeah. Um, and looking at my husband and I'm like, I am starving. Like I need some food. <laughs> and he's like, can you just wait? And I was like. I just had a baby. Like, I don't know if you understand what this is, but don't tell me to wait. I need food now. <laughs> wait for what? Like, wait what? for, yeah. He was, I mean, he was, it's not his fault. He was cleaning up and whatever. So I was like, you know, but he's like, oh, like, okay, like, we'll get you food. As if, like, I wasn't the most important person in the room because there was a baby there now. And I just remember being so alone, probably suffering with postpartum depression, literally doing everything by myself. And, like, that's why I, have had such a negative outlook on having more children because mm-hmm. that was my last experience and pretty much my only experience with having a baby. And then, you know, like I'm still obviously a mom now. She's five. Yeah. And it, like I kind of have like baby fever even just thinking about it. But like it was awful. It was the most awful experience ever. After. After. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because it sounded like you... Aside from all the family, yeah. like you had a decent birthing experience. The birth yeah. was amazing, but after like so isolated, they expe- I was so isolated, and my midwife even told me, but she didn't. I didn't have that. I didn't mm-hmm. have like a doula or an advocate on my side. Mm-hmm. Everybody was telling me that I, pretty much my ex husband, that I'm overreacting or that I'm emotional or whatever, and it was so stressful because I just remember wanting someone to be there. That's to helpful just, for someone mm-hmm. to tell you that. Yeah, thank you're you. You're overreacting. Thank you, ex. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he's an ex husband. But it was like, you know, I just wish I would have had somebody there for me. 
And I know that so many other women feel the same way because like it was almost, you know, everybody's coming over to our house. It was almost like I was expected to like, not necessarily entertain, but like be present when my midwife was like, you should just stay in bed for like three days. Like you shouldn't be doing anything. And I was like, people should bring you food. People (laughs) should bring me food. People should like, yeah. But you know, all they did was just come over and see the baby and you know, leave or whatever. And it was just, it was awful. It was an awful experience. Taylor, I wish she was here to share her story, my daughter, but I think her experience was a little bit different. She didn't want anybody around. She really Mm -hmm. wanted her and Christian and the baby to have time. It doesn't mean they didn't have people around, but they really, really, because they weren't in North Dakota, you know, isolated. (laughs) They were surrounded by people who could come to visit and they really wanted to be alone, you know, just give us some time to figure out what we're doing, figure out who we are now because we now have a different role in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think um, they did a good job of saying no, not now. Yeah. That boundaries Mm -hmm. really comes into play when people don't realize it until you have kids. Right. That how healthy boundaries are, even with close family, that yes. you maybe even live in town, yeah. that are really important for, for that, your family values. That's not just, you know, when you have a baby, that that's forever. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just when you have family, especially close by, setting those boundaries that now is not a good time and not feeling guilty when somebody's feelings get hurt. Yep. Because when their feelings get hurt, that means they don't have boundaries, not you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's only so much you can do yeah. for other people's feelings. You know, if you're diplomatic and you're stating what you need... Um, and they don't honor that, that's not your fault. No. Yeah. And I've talked to a lot of uh, moms about this, friends, and then mm-hmm. people that message me and, you know, about ultimately what it is is boundaries. It is. And I always like to, um, the, no, there are several books, great books on boundaries. I like the Boundaries book. That's by my Cloud favorite, Townsend. Townsend. Yes. I recommend that literally to everybody. It was a life changer for me. I read yes. it when I was probably 25 years old. And I had always had kind of a strange dynamic with my mother, um, always very, very close, sometimes a little too close because Mm -hmm. there were no boundaries. And so, um, and I've always felt guilty making her upset, saying no, I never wanted to say no. I read that book and it changed my Mm -hmm. life. Oh yeah. And now you feel so good about saying no. I don't have a problem with it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Like I say no all the time. But I know, I know now that if somebody else gets upset because I've said no, as long as I was diplomatic, you you know, I'm I'm nice about it. That that's not me. Like I'm just sharing with you that I don't want to do that or I'm I'm not available to do that. Whatever that is. Um, and if, if you can't honor that, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and this actually comes into play when I'm working as a doula mm-hmm. as, as far as boundaries. Now, for, for myself, uh, you know, I, I want them to be comfortable with me. You, yeah. We talk about getting to know each other. And I, I don't want to necessarily pry, but I want them to get to a place to be open to sharing mm-hmm. if they need to, because just talking about it sometimes right. yeah. will alleviate yeah. a lot of the anxiety. Just hearing our own voices saying something has happened or didn't happen that they expected it to and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So that boundaries comes into play and I love uh, recommending that book, but um, that was a life changer for me too. Mm-hmm. That book was just, and I like it the way that it's set up because you can go straight to that particular relationship that you're 
looking at yeah. and how they set up the book too. Well, so. and I think a lot of, um, and I have a great relationship with my mother, so I didn't mean that to come off, you know, if, if, I don't want anyone to think that I don't love my mom. Um, <laughs> I was going to say the listeners know because we did a Mother's Day episode. True. We're good. I have We're my good. Mom oh, there you go. <laughs> my mom, that's great. Um, it just helped me learn boundaries around that. But I do think that that is probably one of the number one things for new parents mm-hmm. is the grandmother or the grandparents mm-hmm. um, because they think that they can just come over anytime they want yeah. because they have some stake or some claim yeah. on this child. And yeah. It's like, yeah, no, you don't. Or they feel like, yeah. you know, maybe some pressure from the grandparents like to do it the way they did right. it or do the things that they I've, did. I've actually witnessed that with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, her, uh, n- thankfully, not her mother-in-law. She's just like me. We're like, y'all do you and you figure mm-hmm. it out. And if you need our help, we're That's here. Awesome. Yeah. But we're not going to offer any opinions unless you say, I need your help. Yes. Yeah. But the grandparents, um, that's a little bit different. So the grandparents have been the ones to su- make the suggestions and say, oh, well, maybe you should do it this way or that way. And I'm like, yeah, stop. You got to let them figure it out. They're like your daughter's grandparents. Taylor's grandparents. Got so it. Like, so the baby's great-grandparents. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. like her dad's mm-hmm. mother. Yeah. Um, my, my mom, not so much. But just extended family offering. Mm-hmm. Not extended. Um, the second generation. Yeah. Not parents, but grandparents. Yeah. Of them, yes. not the baby, great yeah. grandparents of the baby, but offering mm-hmm. their suggestions, and I know that can be really frustrating. That happened to me when I had I was young, though, right? So right. everybody had an opinion, and I probably needed those opinions. But I do <laughs> remember how that felt. I'm like, just let me figure it out. Yes, yeah. just let me kind of bump and stumble and fall, and I'll figure it out, and I'll learn what's working. But and like we not. did it that way, what's wrong with that yeah. way? Yeah. Why can't you do it my way? You don't want to do it my oh, yeah. fine. Whatever. That would be my... Nobody's asking for my advice. I'm going to give it. (laughs) Anyone um, that has somebody in their life that's about to have a new baby, if it's your grandchild, if it's a niece, nephew, friend, whatever... Just let mama figure it out. Yes. I mean, don't mm-hmm. don't go in guns blazing sharing what you think works. Yeah. And even if it does work, right. let them figure but it out. Even, and they'll yeah. come to you. Exactly. Or you can even say, hey, I have a really cool suggestion. Are you open to that? Yes. And if they say, yeah, sure, then share. Right. Mm-hmm. But don't just come in and give you know all the advice because then they feel like they're doing things wrong and that's not... Or they it's feel like if helpful, they tell you they're going to do it healthy, different, yeah. right? Then they'll be like, "Oh, they're going to judge me." Yeah, yeah. So on that mm-hmm. note, I'd love to know what recommendations you have um, for not the family, but the people—not the mom and dad of the baby, but those that are coming in to visit. What are some recommendations that you give to those people to honor boundaries and to not be overwhelming, or not to overwhelm the family and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I kind of. I always like to model what maybe they could do too. So Mm -hmm. I look at um, everyone's basic needs, everyone's basic needs. So that um, love and relationship is a basic need. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of our family and friends come from is they say and do things out of love. Mm -hmm. It is, right. But it's not always what they need Mm -hmm. as far as um, physically and maybe even emotionally. Right. So there's some things that... um, grandparents or aunt and uncles and or really close friends that have had babies maybe before that just weren't in the same situation that they say something that makes the mom or maybe even possibly the dad think oh gosh no we probably don't want to do that where it really would have worked for them so those um those boundaries I like I said I, I really as a doula I like to just model what 
we could do to support the family. Yeah. And, and, and my take in on it is just looking at those basic needs, literally food, water, shelter, um, self-esteem, love, sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one I actually look at is self-actualization. And that comes into play where, where are there goals that the mom wants to be at at a certain point? And to be realistic and to get there safely, that's the whole idea. Mm-hmm. And to support the mom in that way. And so um, going back to what you had asked about boundaries, it's just modeling that um, what, what do they need right now? And uh, respecting those boundaries, maybe they'll call you and say, like, bawling their eyes out, and they just need somebody to listen to them, really, yeah. probably, yeah. is what yeah. they need. They don't need advice, really. Right. And um, so maybe they'll ask you a question. Of course, you can interject, but a lot of times it's really just listening mm-hmm. and attending to those basic needs. Right. It's, it's funny because that, I mean just like these points kind of transfer through all of your relationships, right? Like I have friends now Mm -hmm. like Shapiro or uh, Ryan, my other best friend, he'll be like, so what do you need from me right now? Like, do you need to just vent to me or like, do you need me to do something or do you need my advice or whatever? Like just asking, Uh because they'll tell you like, I just need to cry and I just need you to listen. (laughs) Well, that actually happened with us a a little while back. You called and you were upset and she needed a moment. I'm like, I, you, you, you know me and you have to tell me what you need of me because I honor boundaries honestly to a fault, Mm -hmm. which means I'm not readily available until you tell me to go. You tell me you need me, and I am all in. Yes. If you don't tell me you need me, I'm going to stand back here until you do. Yeah. 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 But I'm sure that you've seen it, like, where families try to come in, and they try to say, like, well, this is how I did it, or this is, you know, mother knows best, or whatever. (laughs) And then they try to come in, and the mom's like, and you can see it, like, on the mom's face, like, the anxiety and the stress or whatever. Yeah. When their parent tries to come in and, like, do things the way they think that they should be done. Yeah. And then you're like... Yeah. <laughs> Step back, relax, yeah. reassess. Like, and it's yeah. not just when babies new. You know, yeah. as you oh yeah, their whole life. Their whole this life. process. So here's a funny example. Um, uh, the baby Micah is starting to. He's eight months old now. Yeah. Like that. No. Starting to walk a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, try, trying to walk. And so I said, Oh my gosh, he needs shoes because that would make him like stabilize better. And they were like, No, no, I don't think he does. And I'm like. Oh, it just seems like it might make him like walk better. So they Google, they're like, nope. It's see? the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact I was opposite. Like, oh, because in my day, <laughs> you slap shoes on him because that would yeah. help him exactly. walk. Exactly. <laughs> Where are their socks and shoes? Or, you know, yeah. with the, all the grandparents. Like, God, they always freak out about like, socks and this, shoes. This baby, I love the barefoot baby. So cute. Me too. <laughs> Micah never had a pair of shoes and yeah. he never would keep socks on. So every time family would see this child, oh my gosh, his feet are so Where's cold. Where's his socks? Oh they're like, He's fine. Yeah, he's okay. First of all, feel, feel his feet. They're hot. <laughs> so he's good. <laughs> that was Chloe. Like, and she honestly, she was the naked baby too. Like she would just wear diapers yeah. all the time. They're like, are you ever going to put some clothes on that baby? I'm like, no, I'm at home every day. <laughs> yeah. No. And, you, 
and you find and you find the more kids that people have, the less clothes they probably wear. Yeah, yes, mom so included. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. You're like, for what? So I can make myself more work with laundry? No, yeah. I'm good. I'd rather people go without clothes. Yeah, you know, less laundry I have to do. <laughs> oh, and I used to like cloth diaper too. So it was that was it. That's all you got was the diaper. I. So I went through a a period where I thought I wanted more kids. I was probably 33 or so. And I was literally mentally planning, never got pregnant, FYI, but I was mentally planning, I'm going to do cloth diapers and I'm going to do everything natural and all organic cotton. And yeah, now I can tell you right now, if I had an accidental pregnancy at 44, which is like (laughs) physically impossible, but if it did happen nothing would be like no girl natural i'd be like I'm, all, I'm buying stock and pampers it'd be all about the easy yes <laughs> throw and go yes yeah see you around like, i survived my kids survived it'll be fine yes <laughs> i used to get so excited when i was allowed to use disposable diapers when i was cloth diapering i'm like oh my god i don't have to wash this <laughs> it's a whole new world it's amazing <laughs> yeah i don't know if i have the patience for that oh, yeah i bad. like the throwaway. Yeah. yeah so tell me again how long you've been doing this 15 years well, that's how long I've had kids. Oh, I got you. Okay. So as far as the doula itself, probably a year and a half, oh, wow. two years. Oh, wow. This is a new business. A new, this yeah, is fun. A, it is new. Uh, I feel like I've been doing it for so much longer because I have had kids that... Um, because I had kids about when everyone else and all my friends were having kids. Yeah. So we'd go over to each other's homes. And I myself was probably one of those like overbearing, not helpful at all <laughs> <laughs> friends. And my sisters had babies and too. So uh, that part of it, I've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and as far as like official, you know, doula right. work, it's about a, a year and a half. Okay. Now. And so, um, I was going to go back to what you were talking about as far as what happens when parents adopt mm. and they have a, literally a newborn. Yeah. And those those happen that those times happen and a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, they're fine. You know, she didn't go through birth." And, yeah. But there's still that you transition. know, you're you're transitioning yeah. into especially if it's their first child and sure. they're adopting, mm-hmm. I would say that there's that transition to um, being becoming a mother, and uh, I re- I myself remember having those feelings like, you wait just a second, it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm a parent. Yeah, yeah. There is a child in this house that, that I am responsible well, and for. And they didn't what have the nine months of prep. Right, mental prep. Yep. Uh-huh. Even even that mental prep, you know, day one of holding your infant yeah. really meant nothing yes. because you kind of like, oh my God, where's 100%. the instruction manual? I don't know what to do. <laughs> but I think with an adoption, you didn't really have that nine months of mental well, you prep. Didn't have where you're that talking biological... to the baby and you're like, yes. you're preparing mm-hmm. mentally for it. It's like all of a sudden it's there. Yes. Yeah. And now it's go time. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, where are the people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's where's the support group help? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're still getting up in the middle of the night. Yes. Yeah. Their lack of sleep is still there. Um, maybe that the there's same. no not uh, the hormonal changes probably aren't the same. You know, you hear uh, stories. There's these are extremes, but you know, trying to breastfeed. Yeah. You know that those occur. It's very little, but um, there could be other th- places where a doula could help, yeah. even adopted parents. Yeah. And so that's something cool. that that's should interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 that. That breastfeeding thing, did you know you can... you can? Yeah, you can, uh, yeah. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Yeah. Like a woman's yeah. body can actually lactate, or you can kind of train your body to lactate. Yeah. 
with enough feeding and pumping. Uh, I did stimulate. not yeah. know that Crazy, until, right? okay, watch show on Netflix. <laughs> so, of course, I Googled it. I'm yeah. like, is this even a thing? And it was. I was and a, a friend of mine, um, she, was, she was pregnant and she did have a baby, but she stopped breastfeeding and then she relactated. Mm-hmm. So like she stopped for I think like maybe even six months and then started doing it again. Oh, yeah. Wow! And it takes work. I I've actually have uh, a client that has asked that. Can can I start again? Yeah. And I was like, absolutely. You just have to listen to your body. And um, a lactation consultant mm-hmm. is really a good the for best sure. person for to sure. go to. Yeah. Maybe not even necessarily your doctor, but a right. true lactation consultant right. would really be um a, the best person to go to if right. you wanted to do, do something like that yeah but it is possible yeah so yeah. do you cool. find the majority of your clients uh word of mouth just you help the yeah. mom and so she refers oh, you to yeah i would imagine that yeah. that's and actually for like i said for myself getting those connections for mm-hmm. the uh resources for my clients mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll recommend for sure okay. like an OEGOAN will recommend um me or um I've actually had another doula recommend me because I do a lot more of the postpartum work. Right. And she herself, she offers postpartum support, but she does a lot more birth. That's a good, that's a good, uh, like, uh, uh, partnership to have. It is. For sure. Because she can come in up until literally the birth. And then for Mm -hmm. the most part, most of those doulas are just there for, you know, labor and delivery Mm -hmm. and then... They're gone. And do you ever yeah. do any birth doula doulaing? No, I don't. So this is. <laughs> I just made that word up. <laughs> hey, it sounds good. Though. Yeah, I think, right. I think it's a word. Yeah, it is now. But the um, the reason why I want to focus on uh, postpartum is uh, a little bit of self care for myself. Mm. If I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not a good model right. or a good representation of what a mom that I'm working with yeah. should look like or do not look like physically, but, um, be doing with themselves. So, um, part of what I knew for myself is I'm not really a night person, (laughs) so (laughs) I'm not going to be, uh, a good bull. Yeah. Birth doula. (laughs) Well, and I mean, that's because the majority of births happen at night. Well, yeah. Some, do some, you know, during the day. It's just all over the place, and yeah. so you can't really you plan don't know. it. Yeah. yeah. In that lack of control of the schedule is um, important. So I look at it as, you know, the business part of it yeah. is when am I going to schedule to see clients? When am I going to be most effective? When am I going to be able to, I need to my work, workouts too. Yeah. I need my rest too. Yes. Or I'm not going to be able to um, effectively. Or be the best doula that you could be. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's really important to all of us is um, working moms need to take that consideration when we're um when we're working and uh, whether we're moms or not yeah we 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 need to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and so that's a little bit of what i why i leaned more towards postpartum because i have a little bit more control yeah Yeah. i looked at my strengths plus i feel like man i feel like the the post-pregnancy period is really when you need somebody on your yeah. side. Not yeah. that like labor and delivery, not, not that a doula during that time isn't, is just as beneficial, but man, the after, yeah, especially with your first kid. And, and I mean, especially with, with somebody, every kid. Like, yeah. But having somebody who's not family, not mm-hmm. a friend. Yes. Neutral. Third party, neutral, but also unbiased. on your side. Yeah. Yeah. I think yes. that's, that's crucial. What a cool thing you're doing. I know. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it too. It's amazing. <laughs> I love the baby part of it, but, and then I'll actually, I love talking to the moms. Yes. And that's where that, you know, wanting to hear 
people's birth stories. Yeah. And whether it's um, their own birth or maybe it was a surrogate or yeah. maybe it was, you know, through an adoption. Yeah. And um, I think it's important to be able to talk about that openly and maybe things will change as yes. far as like maternity leave and just yeah. like there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. And but also knowing that women are very strong and we could do this so and strong. still go back We're to so yeah. strong. you know, go back to yeah. our job and yes. right. And still Kick. own it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like uh what was I gonna say? Mm-hmm. There was oh, uh after I had after I placed the baby for adoption um, I pumped and I donated my milk to a oh, woman yes. who had a baby via surrogate and the, but the surrogate didn't want to pump. So yeah. I donated my breast milk to them, but, um, she had four kids via surrogate. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and it, it was really cool though, because our kids were born right about the same time. So like every time I see her kid, even if I haven't gotten pictures of mine, I see like yeah. how old she would be and like all of like the things that she's going through and living and all that stuff. Is Are you still getting pictures? So Cause I know cool. for a long time you did. Um, it's been very like, uh, uh sporadic. Oh, okay. So I got them. I met her when she was two. We got okay. to, I got to go to the zoo with her and her dad, okay. which was super cool. And I got to pick her parents and do all that stuff. Um, and then I got pictures again when she was five, when she was seven. And then, um, she'll be, she just turned nine. Oh. She was born in 2000, July of 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, which is crazy to me. So when was the last time you got pictures? When she was seven, so two years ago. Yeah. Very cool. So I don't have any other questions. Do you have questions? No. I was just going to share. Yeah, there's, um, I was going to share a little bit about my, my birth stories as far as. I would love to hear that. So, um, my first child, I, I was, I was like you, April, I was like. I am going to go all in without no medicine. So hardcore. I watched, what is that show? Um, I think it was on TLC. Oh, the baby where story. The yeah. baby story or those, you know, the first day home or yeah. bringing home baby. I, every single time a C-section came on, I was like, bleep, I turned the channel. Oh my God, it's so bad. It's yeah. terrible. I'm not doing that. It's ridiculous. I can't believe women have C-sections. So. I never had any of these opinions. I was such so, a jerk. I was, I was so yeah, mean. I was too. At that point, I was too. I was like so, so naive. Yes. Oh, I, I just was a vigilante. I had, new, I had no idea. <laughs> I wish Taylor was here for her story. I know. I'll share her story after you share yeah. yours. Yeah. yeah, I would love to hear it because... There's, it's important to share our stories. Yes, and to um, to learn from them and know that we're not alone. Right. Yes. Too, and that's right. the whole yeah. uh, benefit of it. But so I um, I went in for my last OB appointment uh, with this is my first child, mm-hmm. and uh, he said that my uh, amniotic fluid is low. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that could happen. The baby's fine right now, but within a week, a lot could happen when there is too, uh, the amniotic fluid is too low. Yeah. And so, uh, he wanted to go ahead and, um, induce you. Yeah. Induce me. And so, um, I went into labor and I was in full labor, but not pushing or anything yet because I was only at like a four or five. Yeah. And, uh, four or five centimeters dilated. Yeah. Sorry. Who are listening (laughs) who don't have kids. Thank you for the Or you are a man. Yeah. <laughs> so I was only at four or five centimeters. And so um, the, my baby's heart rate was going down. Mm-hmm. And that's where he said, we, we really need to um, take him by C-section. Sure. Because you're doing fine, but baby's heart rate is going down. And it could 
again, could get um, very dangerous for the baby. Sure. So I ended up having a C-section. Your first baby. After all that, yes. <laughs> yeah. After all the flipping the channels, yep. like, yep. whatever, I'm not doing so that. That was me. And I didn't that was have, me. all through that laboring, I had no epidural, I had no medication, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted. That yep. was kind of... Same. It wasn't, it wasn't, or at least I didn't know about it. It wasn't a thing to like write your birth plan no. or anything. Like At least then. I just, I just didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was just me, but again, I, you know, if we talk about it more, I think yeah. people would be so much more informed and I think that's part of my mission. So I love it. Um, the, uh, the idea of my birth plan, kind of what was in my head, was no medication. So I didn't. At that point, I hadn't had any epidural or anything like that. Yeah. Full labor. I you know, looked on the bell curve on the machine. I was like, yeah, that's... And I said, when is it going to let go up higher, like when I'm supposed to be... Put, you know, no, you're in full labor right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're just not uh-huh. pushing yet because your, your body's not ready. Yeah. And so then, you know, his heart rate went down and um, he... Uh, Got him by C-section, and so the recovery Which was then, a little bit different. I mean, after when you get a when they prep you for surgery and you get a spinal, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm out. Like, I don't and feel we're done, and oh. we're done. And so they use that ice on you to, um, or you know the. I don't know what he was using because yeah. I, I wasn't looking down there, but yeah. he was poking me in my leg and he was like, can you feel it? I was like, yes, I can still feel that. You know, knowing that yeah. I was going to yeah. get a right, C-section right, here right. in a few minutes, I was like, uh, yes, I can still feel that. And right. he was like, okay, can you feel it? I was this leg. No, I can't. Okay. So you need to lay a little bit flatter because all the medications going to one, one leg. Side one side of <laughs> That was kind of interesting. And so as, as soon as I did that, you know, it just learning, yeah. yeah, learning about all those, ex- having those experiences and learning your body and how that all works yeah. is just really interesting. And so, uh, so I had, I had a C-section. I just remember the doctors talking about, I think yeah. it was like buying and selling homes or something. I don't, <laughs> all these like, things are going guys, through my head. Like... And then I looked at my husband at one point, uh, and I think it was before he, my son came out, was I said, I, th- I feel really nauseous. Yeah. And yes. so I, and the, my husband was like, said to the anesthesiologist, was, which was standing right there also, and he, he said, oh, I think your heart rate's going down, so we'll give you some medicine for that, and that's probably what the nausea is from. Yeah. Um, so I've had three at this point yeah. in my life. I've had three C-sections. So some so of those funny. stories like, overlap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had all C-sections. And so um, learning my body through each delivery yeah. of a C-section delivery, yeah. I knew going in on my second and third one, I was like, I know when my heart rate starts going down, I'm, I get nauseous. So uh-huh. it was nice to be able to tell the yeah. anesthesiologist ahead of time oh, right. that I, you know, my heart rate starts going down. I'll feel nauseous. And so that first pregnancy, like I said, I, I kind of mixed some of them together because <laughs> all three of them were, were that. And I remember I, I did ha- I did throw up on that first one, Aww. you know, because I did realize. Yeah. yeah. But my second and third one, you I knew ahead of time. That. Yeah. yeah. But um, and then jumping forward to my doula work about listening to our bodies mm. and what and learning our own bodies and how it works and what our bodies are good. What the triggers are. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. the triggers are are really important to listen to those parents and the, yeah. that mom especially. 
And because there are things that could happen after you deliver um, that could be very serious, like headaches and and neck that's aches what and back you aches. wanted to say. What was the when you were when Taylor was in the delivery room? There was something that, that the doula or somebody didn't catch, but. Well, I'll give you her story real quick. Okay, so sure. Taylor was much like you and April, um, and I admittedly laughed at her the entire time. Not not She's a Virgo. joking, laughing, but just like, oh my gosh, you are such a flower child. But she <laughs> did. You're like, how are you my kid? I know. I'm like, she wanted no medicine. She had a doula. Okay. She had a midwife. She uh-huh. had a birth plan. And it was like, the lights need to be dim, and this is the music, and this is, I'm like, Oh my God, this is so not me. Like, I'm like, this is my child. This is so funny. So, um, (laughs) but it was just very kind of flowery experience. She wanted it at home with the pool and all of that. And then the insurance wouldn't pay. So that shifted her plan, which was devastating. She did not want to be in a hospital. She did not want to be hooked up to anything. She did not want any, you know, an epidural or any medicine of any kind. So she goes into the, she has to go to the hospital because insurance won't pay. Well, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I get a call, and she's in labor. So um, they said, head on up. But uh, myself and Christian's mother, who was her doula, were allowed in the room. So we get there, and she's in labor. She's dilated to like a 6, I think. Um, she's suffering. She's in you know full-force labor, feeling it real hard. And this goes on for hours. And when this was initially happening, they're like, we're going to have a baby by 9, you know, 9 a.m., 2 p.m. that afternoon. Oh, oh my gosh. She's still yeah. suffering, refusing an epidural. Yeah. And at this point, the doctor, the midwives are like, you you kind of need to get an epidural at this point because you're going to be so exhausted, you're not even going to be able to oh push gosh. when it's time. Yeah. So um, after an hour, hour and a half of trying to convince her to take the epidural, I mean, she was suffering mm-hmm. and she was exhausted because it was over 12 hours, 14 hours actually. Well, by the time we convinced her to get an epidural, so she gets one. Within minutes, she's sitting up in the bed talking to everybody. Happy. happy. <laughs> I have a picture of before and after. And after. Before, yeah. I mean, miserable, sweating, just crying, horrible, horrible experience. And then just after five drugs. minutes later, sitting up, eating ice chips, like, hey, everything's <laughs> great. Yeah, it was a night and day. It was so funny. So come five or six o'clock that evening, they wanted to have her start trying to push. She wasn't quite dilated okay. to a full nine. Is that what it is? A nine? Ten. Ten? Yeah. yeah. So she was ten. at a nine. She wasn't quite fully dilated, but they're like, let's go ahead and try. Mm-hmm. So they have her push for a long, long, long time mm-hmm. and nothing is happening. Yeah. And they get her up and they're, they're trying all fours. They, I mean, they are trying everything. Yeah. Well, the finally around 10 PM, they have uh, the OB come in, and the OB does one exam and realizes that her pelvic was t- tilted, or there was mm-hmm. something preventing the baby t- from engaging, and he never was going to. She could have pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and it That's was never to going to happen. Yeah. And so they're like, she needs an emergency C-section right now. now. Mm-hmm. And it was because Micah's heart rate was dropping. Yep. They're like, it's great that you could continue doing this, which I don't think she could have at that point. Yeah. That was just so many hours. But um, you know, long story short, she wanted this natural, beautiful experience, and it was like... Hours, Surgery. hours. Yeah. and then winds up with a C-section too. Yeah, and that's actually yeah. why I had three C-sections. Yeah, was the tilted uh, uterus. pelvis or pelvic? Or that's what. No, it's the tilted it's, uterus. The pelvic bone was something off, and it wouldn't. He yeah, could he, not engage. Yeah, because uh, after the doctor did the C-section, he said he, he could tell why what why it was yeah. happening because the the babies can kind of maneuver through stuff, but. Yeah. 
if it's tilted enough, it's it's yeah. like a U-turn kind of. Well, it's that's what they were saying. Just, Basically, she just kept pushing yeah, on him. Just, and he's like, I ain't moving. And he, uh-huh. he was really, it was actually kind of damaging to the baby do. and traumatic yeah. for yeah. the baby because there's all this pressure and he's got yeah. nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my sister coming in thinking, she said she took a picture of uh, my son and uh, looked at it and was like, oh, my gosh, he's got like the biggest cone head because yeah, he was down there yeah, for so long. Yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing. Micah had and, a cone head too. Yeah, he had the biggest cone head. You know, they flatten out or, or you it know, was they like round a day up. And, and it yeah. was like normal. It's but... crazy how those little babies form. Like, I know. You know? Isn't it funny how and soft their heads are so that they can come out of the birth canal? Yeah. Yes. That's so cute. Yeah. It was an experience. It was an experience for me. My, my birth stories were so fast. I was very young when I had my first and I went into labor Within four hours, I had her. No, there wasn't even time for an epidural. And then my uh, youngest that you just met, Kylie, mm-hmm. she I had amniotic fluid um, leaking mm-hmm. as well. Yep. So they put me on bed rest for a week so they could rebuild it um, okay. back up uh-huh. so it wasn't going to be dangerous. And then they induced. And that was... Two and a half months early. So she was mm-hmm. very, Whoa, very early. She I was didn't in, know that. Yeah, she was in NICU for almost two months That's... before I even got to bring her home. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty traumatic. Yeah. And we were really poor, so we didn't have any money. Um, and so we qualified for a program called Head Start that would come and monitor her progress for a long time because she was significantly delayed and cognitively in some other areas because of all of that. But yeah, her birthday is actually supposed to be in March, and it's January. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my third was three months early. Three months. And okay, that's even I was, more than... I was leaking amniotic fluid. That's what happened. Did and they do the steroids and all of that to kind of build up their lungs so that... Uh, no. That's Actually, what... she was pretty healthy. She weighed five pounds, one ounce. Yeah, Kylie was 413. Yeah, and I think five pounds, you know, depending on what all the things that there is going on with the baby, I yeah. think that five pound mark is where kind of they could... A lot of times they'll say, "Okay, NICU or no." Or, yeah, um, and so you did not have to do the NICU I didn't three have months to. early. Yeah, that's amazing. That's actually the first time I've ever heard that. I'm so sorry. Not three months, three weeks. Oh, okay. It's a big difference. Okay, oh, yeah. Like, I was like, three months. No, no, what? no, no. Like three weeks early. Oh, okay. And so I can't believe I was saying three months. That's crazy. She's like, "Yeah, I cook them really fast." Yeah. I was like, "That <laughs> no, the first. That's, that's a the biggest baby. <laughs> you know, three months early baby. Can you imagine when three you went away? <laughs> Three weeks, no. Funny. Yeah, so she, she was a little bit early, um, and she was only five pounds. So they did a little bit of uh, antibiotics with yeah. her and myself because yeah. the the antibiotic fluid was leaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, my second one, I was more so scheduled because gotcha. of the tilted. And then the um, my third one, she came earlier than we had expected, and she was probably going to be sc- scheduled. And I hadn't experienced that leaking before, and I didn't know if it was like my water or if right. I was peeing in my pants. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know? right. And I remember <laughs> like getting <laughs> going through my house because we were redoing the house, or at least our kids' bedrooms. And that's a whole nother story. I have a blog, so if you guys go to my website, yeah. I have a what blog. is your website? It's um it's themoderndaytribe.com. Okay. Perfect. And so on my blog, there's uh, I try to give information but stories too, and there's a little bit of a story about what the stage of where 
how, what my house looked like <laughs> when, when I left the baby? hospital Aww. on my third baby. And it was so stressful, but it turned out to be fine. But it was a good story as far as um, that. But so my mom was over and we were kind of doing stuff to the house and uh, fixing up everything, making sure everything was in its place. And at that point, third child, I kind of knew what I, I need and diapers and a onesies. Right. I, that's that's it. A yeah. few wipes. You and, know, yeah. that's all I needed. So um I was doing that, and like I said, my water kept coming out, yeah. and I was like, I don't know. So I called my doctor, and I was like, do I, should I come up and have this <laughs> tested? Like, I don't know I if mean, I'm peeing my pants. Yeah, I don't know if I happening. need to put a diaper on myself. That's what happened to me. I thought that I was having accidents, and yeah. my mother-in-law, who was a nurse, she's like, Mm-mm. we should probably go get this tested. Yeah. And they yeah. do that like, litmus test or whatever. Yes. And they're like, they only yeah, you're going to the hospital yeah. now. So um, my the nurse at my OBGYN said the best place to do the test is at the hospital. Yeah. Because that's where they've got it and you're ready to go if, if needed. Right. And so that's actually what happened. Oh, okay. And my doctor just so happened, my OBGYN just so happened to be working that day. Oh, that's and lucky. I was like... You've delivered my other two. You're gonna deliver my third one. And I always told everybody, I was like, I would be crossing my legs and walking out of that hospital if he wasn't working that night because <laughs> I had told my, um, I was actually at my uh, my daughter's gymnastics class and when the nurse called me back from the message I had left saying that I was paying my pants, and so she said, you know, go to the hospital. So I told my uh, older two kids. We're just going to go to the hospital just for a quick test, and I'll be able to get you to your soccer practice. <laughs> I told my son, and that was about two hours. You know, I'm a like, mom. I'm like, back to fine. back. Yeah. yeah, we're good. We've got a back to back schedule. I can yeah. fit you. I can fit this test in in between two practices. And so <laughs> <laughs> we went home first. I got a little backpack for each, both of them. I got a book, a snack, and, you know, a few <laughs> little toys in their bags just in case. And I also had my son bring a soccer stuff. And I was like, I'll get you there, promise. And so went to the hospital, got the test, and she's like, Yeah, that's amniotic fluid. I was like, Oh. You're like, My plans are ruined. No, yeah, I'm not. Who's going to get him to the so- you know, soccer practice? And so <laughs> I, um, the, my OBGYN walked in. He was like, So I hear we're having a birthday tonight. And I was like, I started bawling. Like, I was no, like, this, I didn't my this. house is not ready. I need to get my son to soccer practice. I don't have time for this tonight. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, it was a C-section that night. Too, is your, so. is your OB in Plano? Yes, Plano Presby, yeah. So guys, I hate to cut it, but we are yeah, over the time where it becomes hard to upload. Yeah, So yeah. Um, we do have to end, but I do want people to find you, refer you, check yes, out your yes, information. Yes, all your information. So, okay. The Modern Tribe. The Modern Day Tribe. The Modern Day Tribe. The Modern Day Tribe. Dot com is my website. All right. Uh, I am on Instagram. A lot of it is family pics, but you know I give a lot of great information too on Instagram. Very cool. Again, just living that life too, just representing like self care, and that's kind of where it plays in. 
Um, uh, Dallas Dula Sarah okay. is my Instagram. And um, I'm also on Facebook. I've got my own personal Facebook page, but I also have the Modern Day Tribe Perfect. on Facebook. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and when we launch this, we'll tag all of those Great. so people can find it easily. Okay. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for, for having me. Sharing your stories. Yes. April, you sharing your story. It's so yes. fun. I love to hear those. Yeah. Um, and we thank everybody for listening. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that already. And we'd yeah. really like a review. Um, five stars is preferable, but you know, I guess if you're not feeling it, that's fine too. Um, <laughs> no, if you're not leaving me a five-star review, don't leave me a review at all. Uh-uh, I'm not messing with you. Funny. Um, BigGirlPantsPod.com. Um, everything you need to know is there. All the social media, um, the blogs, the YouTube stuff, everything. So yeah. yeah, go check it out. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye.